from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Friday, October 21st, 2016. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Get a free quote for your customized apparel right now by calling 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Send them an email, beantownathletics at gmail.com or visit their website, beantownathletics.com. And oh yeah, hockey season has begun, so bring your skates into Beantown Athletics for the best skate shopping you'll find in New England. And uh, some new sick t-shirts you got. I'm walking into the studio today, Pete, and I see these nice long-sleeve, dry-fit Dorchester t-shirts. Please tell me that you're going to have that type of t-shirt that also says Salty, too, right? You do a lot of stuff that says Dorchester in here, but can we get some other... Some other neighborhoods involved in the T-shirt game. You obviously haven't looked around much, because in, we in just we just did the Southie one. You did. Oh yeah. Uh, they came in, out. Are they, they came out, out pretty in, nice. Are they yeah. in the store right now? They're, Somebody they're, could walk into the store and buy a Southie T-shirt. Yeah, I think they. I think he's actually folding them right now. He's got them behind the desk. Who is? Uh, one of the kids who works here. Oh, it's not Tony. No, not Tony. No. Oh, what's he cleaning the dog bowl that I had to get out of here this morning again? Once again, the dog bowl is just in here every day that I come in. Every single day. Beans likes this room, man. Uh, well, guess nice what? And comfy. We don't want beans in this room. It's There's nice so many other rooms for him to be in. Why does he have to be in here? He likes looking out the window. Anyways, those dry fits, I got to get one. You know what I like about them, and I haven't tried one on yet, is that the wrist part is like, it looks tight. You know how sometimes you get a long sleeve shirt and the sleeve comes down over your hand? Yeah, we got cuffs on You know what I mean? The little cuffs. cuffs. But you can't really tell because it's dry fit. Um, I got to get me one of those. We might have to give a couple them, away, too. The, yeah, I'd fail free to. Um, they, you know what they're modeled after is the sideline gear in the NFL. So we kind of took that idea and no kidding. Yeah, and put the town swing on it. Well, uh, you might want to stop, you know, following the NFL's lead on things because, as you know, today and this is one of the things that we got to talk about. The NFL is in a position right now where they're trying to they're trying to defend itself. But there's really no way for them to do it because Giants kicker, New York Giants kicker Josh Brown, he has these domestic violence charges. And the NFL is basically what's coming out now is that the NFL has been trying to, to ignore this stuff. And it goes back to a situation at the Pro Bowl. Um, and now you have somebody that's coming out saying, well, the NFL never actually tried to get more information, even though they're saying they did. Here's the deal. The NFL, I think what, what we're finding out, and we probably should have found out during the Ray Rice stuff, we probably should have found out during the Greg Hardy situation that I always flipped out about, because that, to me, is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, where Roger Goodell is going to use his powers in the CBA to pound his chest and say, hey, you know what? I'm judge, jury, executioner. It's, the, it's my right in the CBA, so I'm going to do it, but I'm only going to do it for the air pressure in football in footballs, I'm not going to do it when it comes to Greg Hardy's appeal for his 10-game suspension. I'm not going to show up for that and play judge, jury, executioner. That's ridiculous to me. That Roger Goodell would care so much about the air pressure in footballs, but yet doesn't seem to give a shit about NFL players who continue to beat their wives. And now you got kicker Josh Brown. He's a kicker. I'm reading all these stories about Josh Brown, how he's this big, you know, tough guy. He's like calling people out. What a pussy this guy is. 
Okay? Like, and the NFL has been just ignoring it. They've just been ignoring this situation. So, apparently, Josh Brown's been keeping a journal, and he's been admitting in this journal that, that you know, he's basically abusing his wife um, physically, verbally, and then you got Giants owner John Mara goes on Mike Francesi yesterday on WFAN, and he has this ridiculous quote where he, where he comes out and says, well, you know what? We're aware of some type of domestic violence, but we were not aware of, of the extent of the domestic violence. First of all, what, what are you talking about extent? All you need to hear is domestic violence, and that should set off an alarm, right? Especially since you knew about the Pro Bowl situation. He invites his wife and, and the kids to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl, gets them a separate hotel room. She has to call security because he's drunk one night, knocking on the door. She calls NFL security. Clearly, the NFL knew about it. And they say they don't know anything about this journal. Uh, but here's all you need to know about the NFL with another domestic violence situation that they were either ignoring or, or seemingly behind the scenes don't give a shit about. I mean, they're going to make it sound like they care now because they basically got caught not caring again. All you need to know about the NFL is this. All they care about is money. That's it. They, all, all the NFL cares about is money. They don't care about women. They don't care about their players beating women. They don't give a shit about women, the NFL. They don't. They don't care. This is another example of it. All they care about is money. And anything that comes out that might affect the money that they could make, they're going to do everything they can to sweep it under the rug. Now, what makes, when you bring it back to the ridiculous situations of how they made Deflategate and something so stupid like the air pressure in footballs, and how they made that so public and out in the open, it's because I think they realized, you know what, this is going to keep us in the news, and it's not going to make the NFL, even though it makes us look somewhat ridiculous that we care so much about the air pressure in football, in footballs that we're going to suspend arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, even though that might make us look a little ridiculous, it, it doesn't really make us look like such a, a, a bad league. You know, you got all these players beating their wives. I feel like they're trying to do everything they can to either ignore it, make sure it doesn't get out in the public eye, or, or sweep it under the rug. I mean, that's just, I think that's evident. You don't even need me to tell you that. But, you know, for people that are all worked up about this and trying to find out why, it, it's easy. It, the answer is easy here, folks. The NFL only cares about money. They don't care about women. They care about money. They don't want to be in the news for a negative reason when it comes to domestic violence. So they'll do everything they can to either ignore it and say, oh, we didn't know what was going on, or do some things to sweep it under the rug so that when they do come out and say, oh, we didn't see what was going on, you know, some people might actually believe him. You got to be an idiot to believe the NFL here in 2016. I mean, you have to be a real absolute fucking moron to believe the National Football League. But it's all about money at the end of the day. That's all it is. You know, everyone's talking about ratings now. The ratings are low in the NFL. Is, I mean, is the audience really going away? And it's funny because I hear all these arguments. And you know what these arguments are? It's a product of these people having nothing else to talk about. That's it. Like, they don't have anything else to talk about. So, the, the, the NFL is obviously not a very exciting league at times. And, you know, people are just now talking about there's too many games in the NFL. No shit. I mean, we've known that. Ever since they started the Thursday night game. It's a dumb idea. But know what it's about? It's about money. 
It's about money. And I just find it humorous that all this conversation about ratings being down, you're talking about the NFL. The more you talk about the NFL, eventually the more money they make. And that's all they care about is making more money. Now, they don't want to be in the news for this domestic violence stuff, but they are again because Josh Brown, uh, you know, this journal comes out and it comes out that the NFL didn't really, even though they knew they didn't really go all in on the Josh Brown investigation. I mean, Josh Brown should not be playing in the league. These guys should not be in the league, but they are. You know why? Because the NFL tries to ignore it or sweep it under the rug because all they care about is money. They don't care about, the NFL doesn't care about women. They, they just care about money. And as long as they keep bringing the money in, they will continue to not care about women. That's it. That's, that's the NFL in a nutshell. And it's sad. I mean, it's a sad day for the National Football League, but that's, that's the reality of it. And I honestly don't know what it's going to take to stop that. I mean, is Roger Goodell going to have to lose his job? Is that, is that what's going to have to happen? It might. That might. Maybe that's the thing. But again, you need the owners to step up and make that happen, don't you? And are they going to do it? No. You know why? Because they're all making money. That's all they care about. Money. <laughs> That's it. Everybody's got a price, right? The million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's gonna pay. The million dollar man. Because the million dollar man. <laughs> Uh, You ever watch old Pete? You go. You follow like the old school wrestling on Instagram. You're always like tagging me in videos. I love it, man. Um, I love the old hype videos. Nothing is better than those. uh, Nothing's better than old school million dollar man Ted DiBiase videos. Like these are when promos are at their finest. They wouldn't do them in the ring. They would do them like out. It looked like they're out in the stands and they have the ring in the background and the fans in the background. And the, the, the best one, I like... It's just hilarious that they would even that they would even do this. They have this little kid come up and he's got a basketball and million dollar man Teddy Biasi is like, "Oh, your family needs some money. Oh, your family needs money." They've got a little kid on stage in an arena, packed house. And it's like a 5-minute long clip. The million dollar man's got he's got this kid and he gives him a basketball. He's like, "You want to win this money, kid? You want to?" And the kid's like looking up, shaking his head. The kid's probably seven years old, not even. And the kid's shaking his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to win the money. And million dollar man's like, "All right, dribble this basketball ten times, ten times, and I'll give you all this money." The kid dribbles. They're counting five, six, seven, eight, nine. He swipes the basketball out of his hand, and he starts doing that laugh <laughs> right in his face. It is classic. You got it, Pete? You have the audio of it? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Whoops! Oh! We didn't get to fifteen, Sean. <laughs> fifteen, You didn't sorry. get to fifteen, did you? No. He didn't make fifteen. And you know what that means? What that means, Sean, is you've got to learn a hard, cruel fact of life. When you don't do the job right, you don't get paid. <laughs> I can't tell if that's the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, or Roger Goodell. I can't. If you told me that was Roger Goodell right now, today, and I never watched old school WWF, I'd say, yeah, that's, that sounds like Goodell. 
Just don't ask him about the, to give the, the definition of integrity. He doesn't have it. He doesn't know it. He never will. He'll just answer that question by saying integrity of the game is what we're trying to protect. That's it. That's all he knows. Goodell is a buffoon. But you know what? The league's making money with Tim as commissioner, so he's not going anywhere. Moral of the story is this. Much like the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase once stood for, everybody's got a price, and it's all about money. But those, you got to go back and watch some more million-dollar man clips. He might be one of the, he might be the best character that Vince McMahon has ever had. And I don't know that when they first began that character with Ted DiBiase, I don't know that they ever thought it was going to be that good, but it turned out to be a great character. I mean, they, I think his son, his son was involved too, right? And his son sucked. He was terrible. Like that you, why would, if you were the son of a big name WWF, you know, superstar, old school wrestling superstar, why would you get involved? Like, how are you ever going to live up to your father's name? Like, who else, Pete? Mr. Perfect, his son's in it. I think his son's still in it. He sucks, too. Not Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect was great. But how did his son ever think he was going to live up to that? And I think he tried to almost carry the perfect persona at first, and it didn't happen. It's like, what are you doing? You can't do this. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Anybody else? Hogan's kid never did it. Thank oh, God. No, Thank they just God. had the reality show. God. Is he all right? Yeah, well, what he, get about, in a, he got in a bad car accident, Hogan's kid, right? What about IRS's son? Oh, he's got two. He's, That's right. Yeah, they're some of the best. Uh, Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt's. Bray yeah. Wyatt is IRS's yeah. son, and the other kid's sock. No, the other kid's not. No, terrible. no. That's, I know. Who's the other kid? But You know who I'm talking Bray about. Bray Wyatt is one of the best. Um, and... Bo Dallas. Oh, yeah. He's, the, uh, he's the, the younger brother. He's terrible. Um, But, yeah, IRS. All right. Yeah, but they don't, they don't know how to use Bray Wyatt from what I've seen. They don't know how to use him. And, and they should figure it out, but they can't find a way. I don't know. I, I mean... I don't know why they wouldn't be able to find a way with his character. The guy's a nut. But for some reason, they can't. Anyways, um, somehow we went from NFL to WWF and, and got taken off the track. So let's get back on track here and, and talk more about since we last talked, you know, what has gone on in the world of sports. So you got the NFL not caring about women. And uh, Josh Brown, he is not going to make the trip to London with the Giants. Uh, for the game Sunday morning. So they're going to find another kicker. I don't know who they're going to find. To be honest, I don't care who they find. I do care that they're, they're not going to have Josh Brown uh, travel. They should probably release him, and they should probably ban him from the league. But we'll see if that is the step or steps that they take. But Josh Brown will not be traveling with the Giants to London. Oh, he didn't travel, I should say. Uh, we'll stick with the NFL real quick. I got a couple thoughts on Major League Baseball and even the NHL. And then we'll bring in Rob Gomes, our daily fantasy football expert. He joins me in studio every Friday. I see him right outside the studio. We'll bring him in in just a few minutes. And then I'll close out the show with my picks, a segment we call Picks Picks. Five NFL games with the spread. I'll give you my picks for week seven to close out the show. But uh, real quick, stick with the NFL since we last talked, I don't know if you heard this, Pete, but Bill Belichick is done with tablets. Did you see that? He's done with them. And the funny part about Bill Belichick being done with tablets, he basically he basically shits all over Microsoft. They don't use iPads, even though they are iPads, right? They're iPads. It's just Microsoft's version, so you can't call it an iPad. But everybody and their mother calls it an iPad. All right, a tablet. Um... 
Bill Belichick's done with tablets. Basically shits all over Microsoft at a press conference. What's funny about that is when the rest of the league has problems with their sideline NFL tablets, you know who they blame? Belichick. They blame Belichick. Belichick doesn't blame other coaches or other organizations. He blames Microsoft. That's what you should do. I tweeted out an Instagram video. Can you say that? I tweeted out an Instagram. I Facebooked a tweet. I Snapchatted an Instagram. No, I, I, I put a video up. I basically put it everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I think I even throw them on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm to that stage in my career where I'm putting like videos on LinkedIn and people are like, what the hell? It probably didn't what? get retweeted by anybody, though. On LinkedIn? Yeah. On any, on, oh, on anything. Any, yeah, no, you know what? I will give... <laughs> no, I got to give credit where credit's due. Butchie Stearns, my dude Butchie Stearns, Fox 25 here in Boston, and uh, WEEI. He's on the weekends, usually before me. I got to give him props. He is the only one that, that retweeted my... Bill Belichick. See, I, I Snapchat has this filter where they put this face on you. And in my head, like you put that face on you and that Snapchat filter and you immediately become like a sports talk radio caller that is completely clueless. Like that's what you become. And so I do these bits where I try to act and emulate a sports radio caller with that Snapchat filter on and I save it. And I put it out on all forms of social media. And I did one. It was like 30 for 30 in Bill We Trust. And I just sort of looked like, you know, you look to the side. You don't look directly into the camera. And I'm like, if Bill Belichick's done with tablets, so am I. Okay? And I just, yeah, I gave it a quick little video. I thought it would be comical. Nope. I don't get any retweets out there. I mean, we don't. Even the Will Noonan thing. That we put up, that I put up the other day. Will Noonan was in studio the other day. We did a Red Sox GM interview, like a, a mock interview. If I was interviewing for the position of GM. And by the way, I put a poll on my website, dannypicard.com. And the question is, who will be the next Red Sox GM? And I added my name into it. I actually got a couple votes already. I did. I got a couple votes. Now, we did a mock interview. And... Will Noonan played the role of Dave Dombrowski. He was great. And I, I tweeted out, Facebooked uh, a little clip of it, 25-second clip. It's just, you know, why would other people retweet me? You know what I mean? Like, why would they want to promote me? I, don't, I guess I don't blame them. I, but I, it's, it, you, I'm in a weird spot. Like, I'm just promoting myself. But I can understand these people don't want to promote me. But it's like, enough is enough. Like, sometimes there's something that's out there that you might get a... a, a you know, a little laugh about like So that's why I give Butchie Stern some props. He, he retweeted my Bill Belichick video, and he's like, that's funny. All right, awesome. Like, I'll, if something's good I see on Twitter, like, I'll retweet it. It's just, you know, promotion. You know, we don't get the proper promotion, Pete, from other people. You know, and it, it really pisses me off sometimes. You know what really pisses me off while I'm speaking of promotion and not getting it? Our street hockey video, 363, Road to the Southie 3-on-3. Three three. Like, you did a tremendous job on that. And... Like, you sit here behind the board for this show, and all the stuff that you do, video, audio, Pete Needham, like, to put that video together, I mean, you'd be, you'd be, you would do a better job than most of the producers at the radio stations in this town. You know, I mean, that's a fact. You, you could add video to things, and it's just like, has anybody contacted you or reached out to you about that? No, just you, man. Yeah, but what just the me fuck? And you. Like, Just what are these? I don't get it. Like, the people are supposed to be out there always looking to improve the product. If they wanted to improve the product, they'd bring you in. 
And they watched the video. Maybe if somebody helped retweet it. Uh, you know who didn't retweet it? That all, It always will piss me off. Bill Simmons. Like, he's supposed to be this big Boston guy. We got this big Boston video. It's like 36 minutes on YouTube. It's got like 50,000 views with only me and you promoting it. And it's got two NHL players in it. Okay, one who's currently a Boston Bruin and a local kid, Jimmy Hayes. And, you know, another local player who now plays for the Panthers, Keith Yandel. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a funny movie about something in Salty in Boston. And it's someone like Bill Simmons. He's always, you know, the Boston sports guy. He never even acknowledged the fucking thing. None of them did. Like, like, and, and I understand these guys are busy. They're bigger names than, than I am. And they're, they're bigger than this show. I get it. I understand all that. They got their own shit going on. But every once in a while, you see them tweet stuff out and retweet stuff. And you're like, that wasn't better than what we did. And I know for a fact you heard about, they heard about this stuff. They hear about this shit. You know they do, okay? You know they do. You mean to tell me someone like Bill Simmons has never been listening to WEI when I've been on there on the weekend? Of course he fucking has. You mean to tell me he's never heard me or seen me tweet him, right, about the shit that I'm promoting? Of course he fucking has. He's this big Boston guy. You can't even get a, you can't even get a favorite on it. You're a little star or a little hot, whatever they do on Twitter. Can't even get that. Can't even get it. But it's not even about Pete. It's about that pisses me off so much that you put that video together and you do some shit in here that these motherfuckers will not even promote for you. Forget me. I'll promote myself. I mean, whatever. I'll be promoting myself to the day I die. And people who get upset about that, go fuck yourself. It's going to keep happening. Because nobody else is going to promote for me. I got to do myself, right? I got to do me. You do you, I'll do me. And that's the way it's going to be. But thanks to Butchie Stearns for helping me out. Gave a little promotion there. I like that. I like that. I don't get that much from the other media members. I don't get it at all. I get, And I don't blame them. Like, I'm coming for the, everyone's fucking job. I get it. But am I? It's like... It's like I am and I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm coming for your job, but I'm really not because I don't really want it at the same time. I tell you what, there's going to be a show where I completely fucking go off the rails. And it's either going to be the best thing that's happened in my career or the worst thing. Okay? It's going to go one one way or the other. There's going to be one show that it's all going to come out. And maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to wait to write the book. But there's going to, I don't think I'm going to be able to wait for the book. There's going to be one show where I fucking lose it. Okay? And it's going to either be the best thing for my career or the absolute worst thing for my career. Um, Anyways, off the rails again. Let's get back to it. No, Bill Belichick doesn't like tablets. I don't either. I don't either. And they're going to go back to the printouts? Good. Go back to the printouts. That's not going to stop the pay. The Patriots are still going to dominate. I told you last week, the only sure thing in the NFL is that the Patriots are going to win and they're going to cover. And if you think that's not going to happen this weekend in Pittsburgh, you're nuts. It's going to happen. Patriots are going to win and cover. I guess that's a tease for my picks. Patriots minus seven and a half. But that's what we got in the NFL. Rob Gomes going to join me in just a minute. Um, actually, Pete, go get him. Go bring him in. Set, tell him to set up shop while I just give my little take on Major League Baseball postseason. The Indians beat the Blue Jays in five games in the ALCS to go to the World Series. Everybody's praising Terry Francona. Indians are going to the World Series. People are praising Terry Francona. They're jerking him off. Um, I don't know. I just, I, me personally, 
I think Francona's a dickhead. I mean, Francona called me out at a press conference before for not asking, for not giving a question in a question form, even though what I said was obviously was was obviously made sense. And I thought was actually a pretty good way to word it, given what I was actually asking. But Francona, like, laughed in my face, you know, kind of made fun of me, called me out in front of everybody. But if you don't know the story, I'll tell it. So I covered the Red Sox for Comcast Sportsnet New England, the website csnne.com. And I was in a post-game press conference, and it was like, I forget what season it was, but Jason Varitek, beginning of the year, he had... What, he play, he started, like, only three of the first, I don't know, three of the first eight games or something. And I think my, my what I asked Francona, what I said to Francona was, you know, hey, Jason Varitek only played three games so far, but he's hit three home runs. I uh, can't ask anything more out of him, right? And, and I guess it was kind of a question, but it wasn't. And Francona looked at me and he goes, and he starts laughing. And, and it was like a, a laugh in which he was sort of pissed off. And, and he says to me, Ask me a question. And I look at him like, and now I'm looking around going, what do you mean? I, in my head, that was a question. So what do I do? I, you know, now I'm flustered. Now I'm like, what is he, fu-? like, is he just fucking with me? I'm, I'm like, what is going on here? So I say the question about Varitek again. I, I say it sort of the same way. And just at the end, I, I say, right? Varitek at three home runs um, in the three games he's played so far this year. Can't ask anything more out of him, Right. And, and then he goes off again. He's like, you have to ask me a question. And I'm like, now I'm rattled. I'm like, what is this guy doing to me right now? Like, I don't even think what I'm saying is that ridiculous. And he just embarrassed the shit out of me. And, um, you know, after the press conference, it was Brian McPherson, Providence Journal. He, he pulled me aside. He said, hey, don't worry about it. Because he could tell I was somewhat rattled. I didn't really know what was going on. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. He does that to everybody. Like, and, and I felt better. Like, I, I thank Brian McPherson for doing that. It was, I, I needed something like that at that point because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. The very next night, I'm covering the game the next night. I sat in the front row of that press conference. And when they say, okay, questions, I raise my hand. I was the first person to ask a question. The lady comes over the microphone. I, I take it. I go, how did you think Clay Buckholtz pitched tonight? And I hand, it was the stupidest question, but it was a question. I said, like, what did you think of Buckholtz tonight? And he answered it. I hope he respected the fact that I jumped right in the front row the next night and asked that question. But at that point, once I handed that microphone away, I was done with Francona. I said, fuck this guy, like, for doing that to me. Like, what is that? Like, what is that all about? That's one thing I hated when I covered the teams. You learn some things about players and managers or coaches, you know, people that you did look up to as a fan and respect, um, and you lose some of that respect. Like, one time I'm in the clubhouse, and I'm just standing there with the rest of the media members, which is, just, you know, it's the dumbest thing in Major League Baseball because you have so much access, like, before the game. If I were a player, I'd say, what are you doing? Get out of my sight. But I was just standing, doing my job. Everyone else was down there. I was, too. And I was just standing there. I think I was watching TV, looking up at highlights. And I was sort of near Pedroia. He was sitting in his little cubby. And he turns around. And I could see him out of the corner of my eye, like, looking at me. And he's looking up. He goes, hey. I turn. He goes, who the fuck are you? That's what he says to me. Pedro goes, who the fuck are you? I go, Danny Picard, Comcast Sportsnet, New England. And, like, he was like, oh. oh." And, like, I said it in a way, like, are you you kidding me? 
And then he turns to some other boob, and he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, turns it on another kid, because you could tell the kid was kind of a nerd. And the kid, th- this kid, like, you know, like a puddle. He was just, like, collapsed. I think his knees buckled. He just fell to the ground. And, um, like, you ever see someone just get, someone just gets knocked out, and they just collapse? Like, a, like, they fold up like a beach chair? Like, that's what this kid did. And Pedroia knew he was going to be able to have his way with this kid, and that's why he turned it and did it. But I was just like, really? Like, that's what's going to happen? That's what you're going to do right now? Is call me out in this clubhouse? You have nothing better to do? I didn't do anything to you. That's what's happening? So you learn some things about people. But anyways, I know we keep, I keep going off the rails today. I, it's a Friday. You know, we're ready to move on to the weekend. You know the weekend where I have to work every weekend? One of those? Still? Um, anyways, Tito, everyone's just jerking this guy off. Like, everyone loves Terry Francona. They're like, oh, yeah, he said, just masterful performance managing. That series. No, you know what was masterful? His pitching staff. The way the guys performed on the mound. Because if one or two of those guys go out and they don't, they don't perform the way they did, Francona's an idiot for going an unorthodox route with his bullpen, right? That's what we're doing. I mean, honestly, that's what we'd be doing. So what I do with managers in baseball, too much credit, too much blame. I try not to give them either. And I'm sort of middle ground. And when I praise the Indians, good for them. They had a nice series. But let's praise the pitching staff more than the manager, in my opinion. Let's do that because they held the Blue Jays in five games to, what, eight runs? Blue Jays won one game. They won the game four at home in which their backs were to the wall and they played like they had nothing to lose. But then they were shut out in the next game. Three nothing. Blue Jays scored. That overpowering offense scored eight runs in five games. If you don't have a calculator out, that comes out to like 1.6 runs a game. And just under two runs a game. That's on that, the pitching staff for Cleveland deserves a whole heck of a lot of credit. Now, yeah, I go back to game three. Trevor Bauer, he had to get pushed back from the, the Cleveland Indians starter, Trevor Bauer, got pushed back from game two to game three because he was fixing a drone and he cut his hand, his pitching hand, his pinky. So he had to get stitches. And I questioned whether or not he was going to even be able to start game three. I'm like, well, if he's going to have stitches, that thing's going to open up. It's going to be bleeding. You can't pitch when your hand's bleeding. And you can't put a bandage on it. They're not going to allow any type of foreign substance. And what happens when Trevor Bauer, in game three in Toronto, goes out and makes the start? First inning, leaking all over the place. Francona comes out. He didn't have anybody warming up. And they were all standing around the mound. And, and after the game, it's just hilarious. Like, like the reaction to people on Twitter and people in the media, who, people who, fans who knock John Farrell. Could you imagine if this happened in Boston? And that happened to a pitcher in game three. And Farrell puts him on the mound and his hand leaks and he's got to pull him in the first and he doesn't have anybody warming up. Can you imagine what we'd be saying? Not, not we, not me. I wouldn't. Can you imagine what people would be saying about John Farrell? They'd be killing this dude. They'd be like, he should have known he was going to start bleeding in the first inning. Why would he even put him out there? Why would he even attempt to give him the start? Or why would he even let, why would John Farrell even let him play with drones? He should have taken all his drones away from him. Or why doesn't John Farrell have somebody warming up to begin the game knowing that this is going to happen? People would be doing that about Farrell. But yet when Francona does it, it's like the funniest thing in the world. He's out throwing jokes to Mike Napoli. You find out about a couple jokes after the game. Oh, we're all laughing. Francona's a genius. No, Francona's a dickhead. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased based on what he did to me. But I don't call him any type of genius here. 
Is that was that genius to let Trevor Bauer make that start, knowing his his hand was gonna start leaking and not having anyone warm up? No, you know how Francona became a genius when the pitchers that he decided to bring in, when you know they go out and get the job done. That's what won the series for the Indians, the pitching staff, not the manager, the guys who went in and got it done, who performed, who executed. That brings me back to the Red Sox. That's what they need to get, right? That's what they need to get. They need to get execution out of their pitching staff, and they didn't against the Indians. But you see in Cleveland right now, even with a banged-up rotation, it looks like Francona's is pushing all the right buttons, but the only reason it looks like he's pushing all the right buttons because these guys are going out and getting it done. They're going out and executing when called upon, and that's not an easy thing to do. So credit what credit's due to the pitching staff, who I don't think is getting enough credit. Yeah, Andrew Miller's getting a lot of credit, but there's some other guys there too, Shaw, Allen. Um, the kid Merritt the other day, right? Who would have seen him pitching like that against Toronto in that game five at Rogers Center? So Cleveland's going to the World Series. They're going to host game one of the World Series in Cleveland. Uh, That's going to be Tuesday night, and it's going to be on Fox. Who will they be playing? Well, the Cubs defeated the Dodgers in game five in L.A. last night. So the Cubs have a three to two series lead. They can close out this series tomorrow night, Saturday night, in game six at Wrigley. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers against Kyle Hendricks. If there is a game seven, which I would actually put my money on there being, because I'd put my money on Kershaw Saturday night. If there is a game seven, it would be Sunday night at eight at Wrigley, and it would be Rich Hill versus, I believe, Jake Arrieta. So that's the way uh, the NLCS is looking right now. And real quick, before I bring in Rob Gomes to do some daily fantasy football stuff, uh, the Bruins win last night on Thursday night. Patrice Bergeron returns and scored the game winner. Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask, 3-0 with a 1.67 goals against average for the Bruins. Uh, NBA begins next week. The Celtics begin the regular season next week. And just a little update on Monday's show, Brandon Wahlberg. That's right, one of the Wahlbergs. He's going to be doing a little NBA Celtics segment with me on this show regularly throughout the NBA season. I, I haven't done much NHL. You know why? That game last night was so boring, that Bruins. And I'm a Bruins guy. But that Bruins-Devils game with so much going on, you had the Sunday night, excuse me, Sunday night. Sunday night football. The Thursday night football game, you had the playoff baseball game. There's a lot There's a lot of stuff going on there. The Bruins-Devils game was just not the most exciting. So I won't lie. I didn't watch much of the hockey game. I haven't done much hockey talk. I really haven't. But we'll get into some NBA stuff because I think uh, the Celtics are going to be one of the best teams in the East. You know, it will, there's some interesting Bruins things that I'm working on. So, may, so that's when the hockey, the real hockey talk will start. But you're going to have to wait and see. Uh, what that news is, but hopefully finalizing something on that end very soon. But uh, let's get back to football, and we'll wrap up this show here, the rest of the show, just doing some NFL. Like I said, Week 7 began last night as the Green Bay Packers, they beat the Chicago Bears 26-10. to Aaron Rodgers, what do you have, three touchdown passes in this one? Was it 6-3 to at the half? This was a boring game, too. I, I mostly watched the baseball game. Uh, but Green Bay doing what they should do at home against the Bears. They should beat the Bears, and they did 26-10. to 10. But I'll close out with my picks for Week 7. Right now, let's get to some fantasy football talk, and it is time to talk with our daily fantasy sports expert, Rob Gomes. Our conversation with Rob Gomes, presented by CrossFit 617. 
Train hard, live healthy, feel better. Sign up today for a free one-week trial at CrossFit617.com. Rob, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, glad to be here. How uh, you doing? Ready to talk some DFS. Yeah? How are you today? You doing good? You feeling good? I'm doing feeling well. Confident? I'm doing well. I'm ready to go for this are weekend. Are you feeling confident week seven? I hope so. Well, yeah, first of all, let's, we got some good picks. Let's go over some of your week six stuff. You gave right. us LaShawn McCoy. Nailed it. What do you have, 37 points? Yeah. He got hurt, though. Yeah, he did get hurt. But he though. came back. He got hurt in return of the game, but I don't think he's going to be playing this weekend. Um, but that was a nice pick for you. Gronk told us to take Gronk. 32 points. Nice pick. Christine Michael might have been the best one you had. Yeah, he was up there. I liked him a lot. Uh, 23 points. Or Cameron Meredith. Chicago Bears wide out. 25 he- points last week. That was a good one for you, too. So those are four good ones that he gave you. And um, did you did you see anybody else that you talked about that that did well that I'm missing right so now? So we talked about value plays. When you asked me, I'm kind of like a little conf- – like not confused, but like in terms of salary structure, I kind of – I had Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn at his best Wait, game What do you mean you're year. confused? I'm That's not, conf- not the first word that I'm I wanted confused. you to use when you I'm come in con- here. I'm not confused. I'm just like I'm – tr- I'm thinking in terms of like dollar value. Like so yeah. Ted Ginn pretty much 3 x in terms of DFS, that's all right. Like that's pretty. You need. You want a four X in GPPs. Uh, so for me, it's just like he could have did more than that, and he was kind of like my value play. But I would have went in a different direction if I was going for like a higher play guy. I guess I'll, I have a better one this week. All right. Well, you. I think you had a good week last week, and I think anybody who, who tuned in and heard you talk about McCoy, Gronk, Christine, Michael, Cameron, Meredith, they. You know, you're not going to sit there and give them, like, we're not wiping their ass for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to give them a whole team to pick. You're going to give them a couple that's players. I, that's what I was hoping for. But <laughs> yeah, that, I, that I would got, be weird. So every every week now, I've, I've had four guys that go off, and then the rest of my team sucks. Yeah, but that, but that's on you now to I sort know. of get in the I head know. of Rob Gomes and sort of figure out the strategy. And I think I'm figuring it out week by week. But let's do a little bit more for week seven. Um, I guess my first question for you, Rob, will be what position are you spending money on this week, the big money on? Because last week it was the running backs. You were spending big money on running backs. Yeah. Is it the same this week or is it a different position? Uh, this week I'm probably going to go wide receivers. Uh, I really like A.J. Green. I think you can buy running backs pretty low this week. Uh, Mike Gillisley, like you said, LaShawn McCoy is going to be out. So that's a good spot going up against San Fran. Um, not San Fran, I'm sorry. Mike Gillisley is going up against, I, I drew a blank, who are uh, the Bills playing. Um, the Buffalo Bills, they are playing the Miami Dolphins in Miami, Miami Dolphins Sunday at one. in Miami, so that's a good spot. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I also like Jaquiz Rogers. He's going up against San Fran. All right, but I team. asked you who you spending the big money. You said wide receivers. No, I'm going to get into it. So the, the reason— Well, let's I, get to it. Yeah, that's why I'm going. I can. I think you can spend money low at running back. So 4300 you okay. can get Jaquiz Rogers going up against San Fran, which— LaShawn McCoy basically burned last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one of the worst run Ds in the league, and that allows you to spend money for guys like A.J. Green, Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson's going up, up against Oakland. They've really struggled um, in terms of quarterback, wide receiver play, and their secondary giving up 300 yards through the air per game. Last week, I was expecting that through Alex Smith. That's why Alex Smith was my low buy. Uh, the weather there was kind of different, so that's something you have to keep in mind as well. Like I pivoted off Alex Smith when I heard the weather was going to be pretty bad in that situation. Um, but anyways, I like Allen Robinson. Also, I really like A.J. Green. It's an easy pick, easy to say. Hasn't had much success versus Joe Hayden in Cleveland. He's played, played pretty well versus the Browns in Cincinnati. Last week, Terrell Pryor pretty much burned them. A.J. Green, obviously Terrell Pryor is not A.J. Green. A.J. Green's a much better receiver, so I like him in that spot. 
Um, that's pretty the high end receivers that I'm targeting at this point. All right, so Allen Robinson, because you named a couple guys that I have on my list. I have Jaquise Rogers because he's going to be in for the muscle hamster. Yeah. Right, Doug Martin, and they're playing the worst run D in the NFL. Yep. Um. So, I you got to go with Rogers. He's only forty three hundred, but that that's a, that's a running back. But the wide receivers, you know, that's what you say you're going to spend your money on wideouts. So Allen Robinson is seventy three hundred. Um, it, it, I mean, is that when you do you consider that spending your money because that's not one of the top prices? I mean, He's Antonio not- Brown's ninety three hundred. Then you got Julio Jones ninety two hundred. Then you got AJ Green at eighty six hundred. Amari Cooper seventy nine hundred. Uh, Mike Evans seventy eight hundred. Brandon Marshall seventy six hundred. Brandon Cook seventy five. And then you got Allen Robinson seventy three. So I mean, do you consider that? Yeah, the ownership for me, I think Julio Jones, that's when the ownership comes in. I think Julio Jones is going to be pretty highly owned. And also the salary as well. Uh, Antonio Brown at 9,300, he's going to have to 4X that. So that's almost 39 points. Mm. That's kind of pretty tough to do with Landry without Jones. Ben, not, yeah, without Ben. Without Big Ben. It doesn't make sense. Um, Julio Jones' ownership is going to be through the roof. So that's why I kind of settled with Allen, Allen Robinson at 73. And I can save money and basically spend it elsewhere. If I want to go up at running back or if I want to go up at tight end, or if I want to go up at wide receiver in another slot, uh, pretty much. Yeah, Allen Robinson, I like that pick against against Oakland. Um, again, Oakland allows 312 pass yards a game. That ranks worst in the National Football League. That game is in Jacksonville. And I guess that leads me to maybe the quarterbacks here, which is, you know, we talked about pairing guys together. And last week it was the Drew Brees-Brandon Cooks game. I mean, if you if you looked at – some of the winners, some of the people who won big, they had Cooks and Breeze. Yeah. And I guess, do, let me ask you this. Do you try to do that every week? Pair a receiver with a quarterback or no? I like to have a stack. Um, it's just dependent on what the situation is or how I'm building my lineups. If the situation doesn't call for that, like there might be a situation this week with Tom Brady. If really? you don't want, If you don't want to, if you want to let him go naked in the lineup, it's so to speak in DFS terms and just have a bunch of different guys. Ooh, go naked, DFS. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is getting down and dirty. Tom Brady naked. Down and dirty. Yeah, 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 on a boat out in DFS Italy. Dirty Talk with Robbie but, Gomes. But, uh, no, basically, <laughs> anyways, if you just want to... We need some slow music for this segment now. Robbie Gomes. If if you just want to go... Yeah, if you... If you want to just go naked. In terms of not And take Allen Robinson receiver. this week. Yeah. Go, go for it. It's a money play. No, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're nuts. Uh, no, I just I don't think like it's tough to pinpoint uh, which receiver is going to be the guy to stack with Brady. Obviously, you can go Gronk again. If you want to stack Brady naked with Gronk, <laughs> you can do it this week. DFS with Robbie Gomes. Yeah, no, that's great play. I <laughs> presented by Old Spice. Pretty hilarious, actually, this conversation where it's going. But anyways. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. So I think Matt Ryan's probably going to be pretty highly owned, obviously, with Julio Jones. Um, you're going to go Bortles with Allen Robinson. I can't even take this segment seriously anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. I was getting to Allen Robinson with Blake Bortles. See, I can read your mind. No. Allen Robinson with Blake Bortles. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. Because this could be the Blake Bortles game. Yeah, I think, but I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to say this week is not, I I think you can go other ways. I think a lot of people are going to be on Blake Bortles. I think you could go, 
A guy like Kirk Cousins pair him up with a guy like Pierre Garçon. Really? Yeah, Detroit's uh, DVOA in terms of wide receivers has been terrible. Oh, that's a dangerous game. Doesn't that just seem you like gotta, an ugly game? You gotta be dangerous. Redskins, Lions, that just seems ugly. And yeah, well, it could be pretty highly totaled. That's something that I would look at. Look at Golden Tate last week. He had two touchdowns. A lot of people pivoted off him. Went with Marvin Jones. Um, it's just an interesting play for me. Pierre Garçon last week had 10 targets. Jamison Crowder's another guy. I think a lot of people will be, will be on Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Jackson if they go at any receiver in that game because of being in the Dome and they think that Deshaun is pretty volatile, high-variance player, score a 60-yard touchdown, 70-yard mm. touchdown. But for me, I like Cousins in this spot. Another guy I like is Joe Flacco. Uh, pair him up with Dennis Pitta. Pair him up with Mike Wallace. They're going against the Jets. A lot of people were on Carson Palmer last week. We talked about the Jets being a funnel defense, meaning they're good against the run, but they're terrible against the pass. So they have to, the other opposite team has to throw more. Last week, they gave up three rushing touchdowns to the best running back in the league, I would say. Um, so people might be off that kind of thought process, and that's where you can kind of capitalize. The Jets can't cover tight ends. They've been abysmal at it. Uh, they've also been abysmal at covering top-tier receiver. Well, not top. Mike Wallace isn't a top-tier guy, but he's a high-variance guy, and he's a guy that can win you a GPP. I would look for a guy like Mike Wallace to kind of, Mike Wallace and a guy like Joe Flacco and not go against Allen Robinson, but go mm-hmm. against Blake Bortles because the ownership's going to be pretty high. Bortles? I'll have Bortles lineups, but not like through the – I won't – Do you think a lot of people take Bortles just because he's playing the worst pass defense in the league? Yeah, they'll see 30 – They'll yeah, see that. They'll see that and they'll take him. That's why I kind of – I mean, kind of like – I mean, there's a couple like that. Like, but, but here's the thing. Bortles only comes at 6,200. You know, you could go with, you know, Matt Ryan's intriguing because it's like, okay, it's in Atlanta. San Diego is 0-3 on the road. There's a reason why this is the highest over-under of the week at 53-and-a-half. I mean, I think people are expecting the Falcons to score and score big. I mean, I think that's – take the over on 53-and-a-half, honestly. Like, I think this is going to be just a shootout. It's in Atlanta. You know, you could go Ryan and Julio Jones, right? And well, Ryan and, and Muhammad Sanu led the team in targets last week. Another good pivot off Julio Jones because the ownership's going to be so high. But everybody's going to have Matt Ryan. You think a lot of people? I think a lot of people will, be, will have Matt Ryan this week. It's pretty much it's the highest total game on the set on the slate. So there's going to be people. Phil Rivers, Matt Ryan will be pretty highly owned. Yeah. How about Mariota at home against Indy? I like Mariota at Indy. Issue with this? No, is at Tennessee. At against Tennessee. Indy. Yeah, it's at Tennessee. It's against Indy. Uh, Andrew Luck has no receivers to throw to, so it might not be. It might not be. It might not get up in terms of points, which would lay you to believe that he's not gonna. The game's not gonna be as he won't have to throw as much. I feel like if they get out in front early, they're gonna run the ball with Demarco Murray. I think Demarco Murray's a great play at running back this week against Indy. They gave up twenty three DraftKings points to Lamar Miller last week. I would be all over them. The DVOA versus running backs, Indy is terrible. Um, he's he's definitely someone to target. Five out of six games this season, I think he's basically hit his price point in terms of fantasy points and his salary on DF, in terms of DFS. So he's someone to go with. Um, I think it'll be I I think it'll be more Demarco Murray than Mariota. All right, because I, I was thinking maybe Mariota Delaney Walker type of stack right well, there. That's a great stack. I really like that play just because Indy can't cover tight ends as well. So if you're gonna go with Mariota, you think it's gonna be a shootout, which it qu- could possibly be. That's a great stack. All right, I got another naked stack for you. Yeah. Is that right. what you could call it? You call it a naked stack? I don't know. What is it? Yeah. 
What's naked again? What that's, does that mean in the contra- TFS world? It's kind of contradicting yourself. Naked means nobody else on the team in your lineup. Yeah. So if you had Tom Brady, you'd have nobody else on the Patriots. Oh, oh, yes. I got you. He's, right. he's alone. He's so naked this is on not, an island. So you can't do a naked in the Caribbean. stack. Yeah, you, you know you can. You can definitely do a naked stack. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, I don't think. Yeah. All right, so I won't do a naked you stack. Say it. You can say yeah, it. You yeah, can you can say it. I, I, Let's just do it. You can't do it. How, yeah. how about you make something I'm up? Confused. Make, how make about a naked we, stack right, up. I, I'm going to not make you confused anymore because I'm going to tell you that Alex Smith is going to be somebody that I don't think a lot of people will have because he's Alex Smith, but he's going to be able to throw all over New Orleans. In Kansas City. Yeah, New Orleans has a terrible pass defense. Uh, Travis Kelsey's probably a good play. They don't cover tight ends. He, Travis Kelsey was another tight end that I had written down along with Pitta. Um, just because that's a thought. That's, the thing is, Drew Brees doesn't play well on the road. And that kind of lowers the, the floor of the opposing quarterback. So if they don't play, if he doesn't play up to par like he does in the Superdome, Superdome's like Coors Field of the NFL. Like that's why everyone rosters Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks or the opposing team when they play in the Superdome. It's always a shootout. It's not that way on the road. Drew Brees doesn't play as well, so it lowers the floor of the opposing quarterback. That's why it's a little it's 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 tough, but you can go that way. Yeah. All right. So give me a quarterback. You got you're gonna pick one. Who's your top guy? Who do you got? Knowing you're going to spend the money on wide receivers this week, who are you going with that QB? My top guy is right now in terms of I'm playing a bunch, but I like Kirk Cousins at the value at 5,900. That's you sticking with that one, huh? I tried yeah. to talk you out of it, but all right. He's leading. No, but he's got the he got leads. He's one of the top in terms of yardage in the league. Uh, Detroit's uh, terrible versus receivers. You got a pretty good set of them. Uh, I think he can have a pretty big week and kind of 4X his salary. I've been off. This has been my issue picking quarterbacks on the show the last two or three weeks. So, um, Yeah, because you did text me and you're like, oh, I was going to pick Breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to pick Drew Breeze. And I'm like, oh, you didn't. Yeah, Maybe no. next week you should nail it. So yeah. I just, you know, you have time to get out of the Kirk Cousins one if you want. Yeah. No, you're going to stick with him? Uh, I'm going to. Take my. I'm gonna try my best. All right, try your best. Go with cousins. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll talk about it. I'll shit on you on Monday. Um, you're gonna go with Jaquez Rogers. Yeah, obviously. Like, but how about someone like Spencer Ware? Maybe Jamal Charles. You, are you are you looking? Are you giving Charles a look because he had his best game in returning yeah, last week? Ware had a great game too. Yeah, but he, I mean, is Jamal Charles? Can Jamal Charles is somebody that if you get a, out of DFS for a minute and you go to like fantasy football. I mean, he was a top three pick in fantasy football leagues for what? I want to say three or four years. Yeah, but that doesn't And he got the injury and he's returned. But what? I mean, you don't think he has it in him? I don't like dual backfields. I don't like tandem backfields. Ware's playing pretty well. I don't think they're going to go away from him. He's going to cut into his carries. I know it's a great matchup versus New Orleans. It makes for a good play. Mm. He can probably do – he probably play well, but he's there's other places I would go. I really like – if you don't use Tom Brady – um, I really like Legarrette Blunt in terms. I think they're favored. The Pats. It's more than it's more than seven at this point. Uh, usually in games like that, Blunt plays pretty good if they get ahead early, which I think they will. He's a guy that you could roster. Uh, he's he's kind of sne- he's a sneaky play. I would say this week in terms of uh, running backs. I think he's at fifty nine hundred at this point. All right. So quarterback is Cousins. Running back is Rogers. Filling in for the Muscle Hamster. Uh, wide receiver is Allen Robinson. Tight end, who, who's your top tight end right I like, now? I like Pitta. I'm going to go Pitta. Dennis Pitta. Yep. Okay, you're going to go with Pitta. And um, you know what I wanted to ask you about, speaking of tight ends? Jimmy Graham. Now, I know it's not the best matchup in the world this week, 
But it does seem like they're finally figuring out how to use him in Seattle. Do you get that vibe? It's it's it, it's unbelievable to me that it took them that long mm-hmm. to kind of figure this out and kind of implement him into that offense. It seems like that's where they're going, kind of using him more as we've seen last week. He played very well. I would just basically be a little wary just because he could have a drop-off in terms of games. This isn't the greatest matchup. Arizona's a tough team in terms of tight ends. Uh, I, I just, I'm a little wary at this point. Well, he's got a little injury issue. Um, he didn't take the practice field on Thursday, but I don't know that they're looking at this saying he won't play. Um, I mean, he's, he's only 5,800. Oh, do you look at that as an expensive price for tight end? That's yeah. expensive for me. I see, Ty, I see Tyler Braid at 2,900. Uh, Kelsey's 5,300. And Delaney Walker's 49. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd be going either Kelsey or Walker over Jimmy Graham, but I just find it interesting that now I think all of a sudden the DFS mindset that you have, you st- you're starting to focus on Graham again every week. Like, you're starting to say, okay, this is somebody that I might want to keep an eye out for down the stretch because he's he's finally being that, that receiving factor for Russell Wilson. No, I'm watching him in turn of the matchup. Uh, I just don't think it's a great matchup for him this mm. week. guy like Tyler Brate with Vincent Jackson going on injured reserve – at 2900 I think he's a great buy just because you have Mike Wall Mike Evans is going to catch a, get a ton of targets someone else has to get him in that offense Tyler Braid at 2900 should be a, a very good play I would say All right and we never Going talk away from Graham. We never talk about defenses but I think there's only two defenses you should be going for I, I mean look the highest priced defense the Vikings they're in Philly. The Vikings are actually a road favorite in this game. They're the only undefeated team in the NFL, but the reason they're the only undefeated team in the NFL is because their defense is unbelievable. Um, I think you either take Minnesota. It seems like teams have maybe figured out Carson Wentz. I don't, or maybe, you know what, maybe figured out is a strong word. What I will say is that Carson Wentz, against the, the, the two best defenses he's played, he has thrown for under 200 yards in each of those games, and and this is the best defense he will play. This is the best defense in the National Football League, and I think Wentz is going to have a tough time against Minnesota. Yeah, they're 3,700. It's either Minnesota or it's the Patriots at 2,900. I think if you're going another defense, another route defensively, I think you're really missing the boat. What about the one. Ravens versus the Jets? No. Smith? no. I think there's too many unknowns there. I think what you know with Pittsburgh against the Patriots is that um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is not playing. And you got to think that the Patriots' defensive adjustments that they made against Cincinnati last week, even though they're on the road, it's just they'll be able to slow down the Steelers without Big Ben. And, yeah, I mean, that, and, and with Minnesota, you know what you're getting, the best defensive football. It's one of those two, in my opinion. I really believe it's worth it to pay up for defenses, especially this year. I paid up for Minnesota, Denver Broncos. I. Uh, been doing it it's been working so I'm kind of staying with it I like that take in terms of going up there and spending salary for guys like for teams like that all right final one we do it to close out every segment uh we've been calling it best bang for your buck or some people might want to call it your best sleeper best mid to low buy somebody that we haven't talked about yet that you're gonna target and make sure you have in your lineup best mid to low buy best sleeper best bang for your buck whatever you want to call it who is it Pierre Garçon 3700 I think he's going to have a big week. Explain. I just think that they really struggled with Golden Tate. I'm I'm sorry. They not Golden Tate. The Rams in general I just think that basically um he's going to have a big week. They're going into Detroit. Uh Detroit's DVOA has been very tough first uh 
receivers. So um, Pierre Garçon should have a pretty good week. In that All right, because he hasn't really done much this year. Uh, Ten targets last week. So Well, when it comes to points. Yeah. Uh, each week. I mean, uh, last week he had 13.7. Yeah, he had thirteen point seven. I think he led the team in targets. Though. So you're hoping that this is your big cousin's Gasson game, I'm look- and thinking that nobody else is going to have that, and that's really going to put you over the top. Yeah, no, I, that's where I'm going. So Gasson is your your best mid to low buy. He's the guy I'm going with. All right, cousins, Rogers, Jaquez Rogers, Allen Robinson, Dennis Pitta, uh, Pierre Gasson. Who's your defense again? You have the Ravens. Yeah, I like the defense. Ravens. I like the Ravens defense. So there you go. AJ Green too. You had A.J. Green. A.J. Green? Yeah, as his money buy for the for a wide receiver. So, yeah, A.J. Green and Allen Robinson. Yeah, I would, I would go there. I like both of them. Yeah. All right. The only reason I know that is because I just entered, like, three lineups while you guys yeah, were Pete, talking. Yeah, that's so. what Pete does when yeah, you're in here. I love it. And I'm actually shocked. This is the second straight week that you've come in, and you have not, like, given out a free read for anyone. So, I, we talk about improvements on this segment and how it's getting better. I will sit here and tell you right now, brutal honesty – it's great to hear you no longer come in here and give free reads for anybody. It's great. But I have to, I have to call you out on something. It's something that I, we talked about when you left last week and something that I think needs to be brought up. Um, so when you left the studio last week, you were gone for a good half hour. And we were closing out the show. Yeah. Only for us to see you walking by on Granite Ave with your backpack about a half hour later. I have to, I, and, I have and, to and, and you lift. just walking, walking to Adam's Corner. Where were you going? I and why a, were you still here? And what were you doing in the half hour that you were still here? I was standing Because the there's corner. not much going on around here. There's a park across the street. There's Shields MRI. There's another free read. I'm giving them this week. And, uh, yeah, I know you weren't printing T-shirts in the back. So no, what that's was going on? what I was on? doing. I was printing some T-shirts. What was going on? Lyft. Lyft. Another free read. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't talk shit about Lyft now. Yeah, I was, um, did you use Lyft? Yeah, they never showed up. I had. A, <laughs> they never That's showed bullshit. up. Bullshit! You probably were in the wrong spot. No, because they suck. You're I don't know why. You gotta spot. go Uber. Uber's the way to go. Yeah. I don't even know why you go Lyft. Yeah. Why do you even think about Lyft? Just no. do Uber. Yeah. Everybody knows Uber. I got in his head. I got in his head. Yeah, dude. but now look what happened. No, honestly, <laughs> did you really call Lyft? They didn't show up. Call Lyft. They didn't show up. Is this just like a free plug for Uber that you're giving this? So you set me up. You set me up. I think you guys are both setting something up over there. Maybe I am. <laughs> No, it's Maybe possible. I am. So what happened? Tell me what happened. That was it. I, I called who I called Lyft and they didn't they didn't show. And then they finally showed and I went walked down they were parked down the street and I was like, Oh, here you, we go. You know what's Some... funny about this? People are actually gonna think, like, oh wow, they're setting themselves up for an Uber read and we're not. Uber doesn't answer my calls. Yeah, this is bullshit. Dude. They only answer my calls when I need a ride. Not when I need money on an advertisement. <laughs> All right, our conversation with Rob Gomes, daily fantasy sports expert every single Friday. We will get you some free money. It's presented by CrossFit 617. Train hard, live healthy, feel better. Sign up today for a free one-week trial at CrossFit617.com. So, uh, Rob, nice stuff. Uh, Thanks, as usual, and uh, I'll keep my eye on this lineup. I'm going to put some of these names in, and we'll see how you do on Monday. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right, every single Friday. So uh, we're going to close out the show with a segment that we call Picks Picks every single Friday. Now, um, just to to get you updated a little bit on on what I've been doing this season, I'm not having a great year. I'm not. And in fact, I'm embarrassed to tell you my record. 9, 19, and 2. Okay? 
I went one, three, and one again last week. And what I know, the only thing, the only sure thing is that the New England Patriots are going to win and cover. And I already sort of teased one of my picks that the Patriots will be minus seven and a half. Uh, and they will cover that over the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, but I give you five games, five teams with the spread. And I got three road teams this week. All right, three road teams and two road favorites. Somewhat you know, un- unusual for me, I guess, to, to see a road favorite and take them. But that just goes to show you how strongly I feel about these road favorites. So, uh... Yeah, I mean, I've had a bad season, but I'm looking to bounce back. Bear with me. I will bounce back. I'm due. I mean, I'm due for a 5-0 and week, aren't I? I'm due for a perfect week, a perfect 5-0 and week, and I think this could be the one. So uh, when Pete gets his ass back in the studio to hit the music for me, we're going to get the picks picks. But in, in the meantime, I'm going to sit here and try to kill some time because it's not like we have commercials to give, right? It's not like we have any commercials. What, can, can Gomes not find his way out of here on his own? What's going on? What just happened? He's waiting for a lift. What happened? He's waiting for a lift. That there's no way he called lift last he week. He did. I swear to God, he did. And they didn't show on him. They didn't show. That's that's wrong. That's, that's wrong on so many levels that they wouldn't show. It's too bad. I mean, it's just, it's too bad for lift. It just goes to show you how much they suck, right? It's too bad for him. You gotta call Uber. All right, let's get to Picks Picks Week 7 in the NFL. Pete, if you are ready, let's hit the music. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. All right, like I mentioned, three road teams, two road favorites. Let's begin. The New England Patriots minus 7.5 over the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. By now, you know the storyline. We've known it for a week. Big Ben Roethlisberger, he got hurt last week. Hurt the knee, had knee surgery. He is out for an extended period of time. No Big Ben, and I don't care who the quarterback is for Pittsburgh. As long as it's not Big Ben, I'm taking the Patriots minus 7.5, even though it is in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think that you could tell me the Patriots should be a 21-point favorite in this one. I I think it would take that for me to even think about being scared away. 21 points. It's only seven and a half. Patriots win by 20. The Tom Brady revenge tour continues. I'm just taking the Patriots minus seven and a half on the road against the Steelers team that does not have Big Ben Roethlisberger. Then, my other road favorite, the Minnesota Vikings. Minus three over Philly in Philly. Um, Losses to... Losses in Detroit and Washington have taken the Eagles back down to earth. And in Detroit against the Lions and against the Washington Redskins, against the two best against the two best pass defenses he's faced this year, Carson Wentz threw for under 200 yards. A week two win in Chicago and last week's loss in D.C. against the Redskins. So the two best pass defenses that Carson Wentz has faced, again, under 200 yards passing in each of those two games. Now he faces a Minnesota defense that has allowed a league best 12.6 points per game. Minnesota allows 12 points a game. I don't think the Eagles really have a shot in this one. I'm going to take Minnesota minus three on the road. And Philly, you know, yeah, you can't ignore what might be the elephant in the room, which is Sam Bradford returning to Philly and going up against the team that traded him. 
And uh, I don't know. I just think that sometimes that can light a fire on a replayer's ass. Not that Sam Bradford isn't playing motivated. He obviously is. He's doing some things that I didn't expect him to do. He's playing a type of way that I didn't expect him to play. But this is going to be some extra motivation for him. They're the only, Minnesota's the only undefeated team in the league. For good reason. They got the best defense. And Bradford's going to be even more motivated in Philly, Minnesota. Minus three. Then I'm going with the Raiders. The Raiders, a one-point dog in Jacksonville. I'm going with Oakland over Jacksonville. Now, this could be an absolute shootout. Oh, this could be a shootout. Uh, the Raiders are four and two. They're coming off a loss at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oakland scored only 10 points. That's a very good Kansas City team. Uh, I don't think that's going to be enough to ruin Oakland's season. Give me Oakland and give me the over, whatever the over is. This could be the Blake Bortles game where he has a huge game. Bortles, Allen Robinson, think about taking that in your DFS tournaments. But when you talk about some of the games Oakland has won, they're going to let up some points. They're going to score some points. They should be able to score against this Jacksonville team. Again, coming off a game in which they only scored 10 and a loss to Kansas City. I'm all over Oakland in this one as a one-point dog. It's basically a pick them on the road. I'm taking the Raiders plus one in Jacksonville. Then I'm going with Kansas City. A six-point favorite at home against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Kansas City. I tell you what. I picked them to win the division in the AFC West. Right now they're at three and two. They got the Broncos ahead of them at four and two and the Raiders ahead of them at four and two. The Chiefs defense ranks 10th in the NFL, allowing 20.4 points per game. And then you go to New Orleans. Their defense, they have allowed the most points per game in the league at 33.6. So you're going to be able to score on New Orleans. And you're in Kansas City, which I think is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Now, the other side of it is this. We know Drew Brees can score, all right? The Saints are the second highest scoring offense in the NFL, scoring 31 points a game. Uh, so their defense allows 33 a game, but they score 31 a game. It's just being on the road, being in Kansas City, that 31 points a game could be down to 21 or 24. And I think Kansas City should be able to move the ball and should be able to score at home against New Orleans. So uh, I'm going to take Kansas City in this one. There is, they open as a seven-point favorite. Now they're a six-point favorite. I'm going with the Chiefs at home. This will be a statement win for Alex Smith and the Chiefs. Kansas City minus six. Fifth and final pick. I'm going with Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against San Diego. We went over some of the numbers in our daily fantasy segment. This is the highest over-under of the week at 53-and-a-half for good reason. Neither defense is any good. In fact, both defenses suck. Here's what makes Atlanta really my lock of the week at minus six and a half. San Diego is 0-3 on the road, and you know you can score on them, and you know Matt Ryan's going to come out scoring. Is it dangerous for me to pick Matt Ryan, knowing that every time I rely on Matt Ryan, he lets me down? Sure, sure. But, I mean, have fun trying to figure out the San Diego Chargers. They just beat the Denver Broncos. Now they go to Atlanta with a terrible defense. And uh, the last time the Falcons were at home, get this. You know how many points they scored? 48. They're going to be able to score just as much 
on San Diego. So take the Falcons at minus six and a half and take the over. It's 53 and a half, but there's going to be some scoring in this one. I'll take the Falcons minus six and a half over the Chargers. So here we go. My five picks for week seven. New England minus seven and a half. Minnesota minus three. Oakland plus one. Kansas City minus six. And Atlanta minus six and a half. Those are Picks Picks every single Friday. Special thanks to Rob Gomes for joining me in studio. Hopefully we all win some money this weekend. Uh, I will react to all that and all of NFL Week 7 on Monday's podcast. Also, don't forget, Brandon Wahlberg will join me in studio. Uh, he is ready to go. He sent me a picture the other day, Pete, of his NBA predictions. He's got them all written down. He's got a notebook ready to go. He wanted to come in today. I said, no, I can't let that happen. We're not doing NBA today. We're going to work Brandon Wahlberg in regularly. We're also working in Will Noonan in regularly, too. If you missed that podcast from Monday, make sure you go check it out. Uh, we do a mock interview in which I go into Dave Dombrowski and give the interview for the new Red Sox GM position, and he plays the role of Dave Dombrowski, and he does, he puts on a marvelous performance. So uh, make sure you go check that out, Monday's podcast. You can get this show whenever you want. I broadcast on Mondays and Fridays. Subscribe and listen at dannypicard.com, also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page. Follow me on Instagram. All forms of social media. Pete, nice job today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, my schedule on the weekend, I think I'm on WEI tomorrow on Saturday from 4 to 7. Uh, but that is it. And I'll be back here on Monday. Brandon Wahlberg, yes. Those Wahlbergs. He'll join me in studio to do some NBA on Monday's podcast. I'm out. See ya.